the Game Nashville Studios, presented by Wholesale Inc. Mount Juliet. It's showtime, folks! A unique look at the world of professional wrestling. This is Through the Ropes with Chase McCabe on Nashville's best sports talk, ESPN, 102.5 The Game. And the Game Nashville app. And welcome in Through the Ropes, ESPN 1025, the game online at thegamenashville.com on iTunes. Rate, subscribe, review. Just search for Through the Ropes, and you can find us on SoundCloud as well. What's going on? I am Chase McKay. We're going to talk a lot of wrestling in this hour. There's a big event in Nashville this weekend, NWA 70 taking place Sunday night at the Nashville Fairgrounds, and we're going to kick things off with an interview. We don't usually do this on the show, but we got to kick things off with a bang. We bring in Nick Aldis, who will be, of course, facing Cody Rhodes, uh, the American Nightmare for the NWA Heavyweight Championship this Sunday here in Nashville, NWA 70. It is going to take place. It's the rematch from All In. Nick, how you doing? I'm doing very well, Chase. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, look, I watched your match at All In, and, and there was so much build up to that and just the, the chemistry that you and Cody had in the ring. We can only imagine what two out of three falls is going to be like here in Nashville. But before we, we look at NWA 70, let's go back to that event uh, at All In and just how successful it was. And it wasn't just your match with Cody, but the entire card. It, it really was. Um Cody described it as as the Woodstock of wrestling, and I think that was a very very apt description. Um, the, the the card top to bottom was fantastic. I think that battle royal that was on the WGN show was maybe the be- the best battle royal I've ever seen. Um, and really, it was uh, it was like a shop window of like the best the best uh, the best non WWE talent in in the business. And uh, and I would argue that that you know you could compare any of that talent to anybody in WWE and 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 make a fair comparison and I think we proved that and that's why we you know that's why there were 10,000 people there were 11,000 actually as it turned out and then it's why the you know the pay-per-view did so well and the WGN show and and um I think it was a flashpoint I think we're going to see a lot more and, and you look you know NWA 70 is is a, is one example of it and and I think what's so cool about this is we've seen over the past several years that you have the non-WWE talent all over the world, not just here in the United States, but in Japan and, and overseas. And, and you have all these guys like me that are just wrestling fans. They just they want to see pure wrestling, not the sports entertainment, but pure wrestling. And I think that that's what's been cool to see the following that you guys have built. Yeah, and I, and I think that as in some ways we have WWE to thank for that too because right. – you know they had the network, and what I think it did was it, it, it provided this appetite with with where people can go back and look at Monday Nitro, and they can go back and look at the NWA, and they can go look at you know Mid Atlantic, and go you know look at all these different things that you know, and and they and they start to go. There's a different vibe to that. There's a different feel to it, and it's you know it's like you don't always want the same thing, and and um, for us it's like I don't think anyone's anyone's under the impression that they're going to compare to WWE. They're the market leader. They're McDonald's, you know, but maybe we can be in an out burger, you know, <laughs> it's a good comparison. It, it, well, and I think you've also seen WWE kind of step up their game uh, with NXT and, you know, getting some of these, these guys and girls that have been all over the world and, and then developing them into superstars within WWE. But when I had Jeff Jarrett in studio 
a few weeks ago, we were talking about Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. How many times have we seen that match over and over again in TNA? And and those that follow wrestling in general, they know that. Now a different audience gets to see it. And and I think that that's what's really cool about wrestling as a whole and the whole fraternity. Yeah, I agree. And and look, um, for me, you know, it's it's gratifying because I came up with with a lot of those guys and but I was like a generation behind them so in many ways it's nice to 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 feel like I made the right call to stay in TNA when I did um because I felt like I had look you know looking around I saw I, I made the decision here I get to work with Kurt Angle, Booker T, Scott Steiner, Sting, Mick Foley, all these you know Kevin Nash I got to you know to sit under his learning tree so much but then I also got to work with Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, you know, Chris Daniels, the, the Machine Guns, Doug Williams, you know, the Jay Lee thought like there were all these, you know, great, great talents like from a, who were sort of innovating stuff in the ring. Plus you had all these legends who had drawn a load of money and I just sort of looked around and said, you know, as a kid in his early 20s, I went, I, I think I want to stay here and, and, you know, learn through osmosis from, from this group of talent. And I think that now we're seeing where they all are now. I think, you know, that I think it proved right because I, I said for a long time, I thought AJ Styles was the best in the business and Bobby Roode and Samoa Joe and all these guys. And, you know, sometimes people would sort of scoff at that a little bit because they weren't in WWE and now they are. And, you know, very quickly they ascended to the top spots in that company. NWA 70 coming up this Sunday. You can see it on Fight. Also, it is at the Nashville Fairgrounds at the Asylum uh, Nick Aldis, our guest, he is taking on Cody Rhodes in a rematch for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, a two out of three falls match, and that's going to be interesting. How do you prepare for something like that when you know that you're going to have to go longer than maybe a usual match? Uh, de- definitely, the uh, the cardio has been a big, been a big focus. Um, I'm probably down, I'm probably down about five or ten pounds from where I usually sit, and. Um, just been, you know, doing a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stairs, a lot of things like things like that, just to to get the legs going because it's 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 two things, you know. The wrestling cardio is is kind of it's hard to hard to mimic, but the best way to do it is to put a constant strain on your legs. You know, people don't realize that's why back in the day they had guys doing you know hundreds and hundreds of squats, and and I was no different when I broke in. It was the same thing. It was because that that it's that constant pressure on the quads and you know and and to be to be ready and to be explosive and to and to keep it you know because the last thing you want is to get sort of spaghetti legs in there and um and then it's really just uh it, honestly the hardest thing to learn uh, i think is to is to learn to relax in the ring you know and and fortunately for me you know that's that's something that's really that's really been a focal point of me for the last couple of years, and I've had a lot of people, my peers and other people in the industry, kind of say, "Man, you just look so relaxed in there now, and you look so calm, and you you know you really command the space. You're a real ring general." And you know, Cody's the same way, and I think that's one of the reasons why we've got such chemistry because we 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 mirror each other in a lot of ways. Well, and I was reading Nick, uh, you know, a little bit about you and different things, and of course, I've watched your matches back to TNA and and now uh, all over the world and, and within WA, but. You don't like being called a veteran. You're only 31 years old, and we're the same age, actually. So, yeah. but you are. I mean, you've been in this business for so long and accomplished so much, and that has to be, you know, feel good to you. Yeah, I just, I started young, you know, and and I and that's what and that's the reason why because I knew I knew from I knew from the first time I took a bump in a ring, and and then um, and just learning the basics and stuff with uh, with Paige's parents, with Ricky and Julia. Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew right away I went, Oh, this is difficult. Like, like difficult 
technically, you know, from an isolate. This is a, a real skill set, and I, I was so glad that I'd made the decision to go when I was 17 because I, I went. I remember I went home that night and I watched SmackDown or whatever after after we'd been training, and I just and I, you know, just from I I used to um, I was one of those kids that had a, that took a, a camcorder everywhere my early matches and stuff and I would film them and watch them back so that I could then compare them to people on te- on TV. So I could go, okay, <laughs> this is what I look like. This is what the guys on TV look like, you know, step up your game. And, um, and I, the thing I realized sort of pretty early on that it was going to take a number of years to, to, to get to that point. And so fortunately for me, I started that journey a bit, a bit sooner than a lot of people. Nick, you've held the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship before. That's what you're competing against Cody Rhodes in, in this rematch. But just how prestigious is that title, and what did it mean to you when you won it for the first time? Uh, it's it, anytime you win a world championship, and I've I've been fortunate enough to have a couple. It's a responsibility, you know. It's an endorsement from that brand and the people who own it to basically say this is, you know, this is the hood ornament of the car. This is the guy that's, you know, this this represents our brand for now. Um, but when, when you're talking about the NWA World Championship, you suddenly add to it 70 plus years of history, which is, you know, Dory Funk Jr., Jack Briscoe, Terry Funk, Harley Race, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, you know, Ricky Steamboat. And it's just, you know, it, it, you understand that you're, you're in a, you're in a different, you're in a different category, you know, and you, and you, uh, and you can, you can be overwhelmed by it. Or you can, in a non-arrogant way, sort of say, nope, I'm the right guy. And, that, and that's how Cody and I both feel. And I think that's why people responded so well to our stuff. Because you can't manufacture that authenticity. You know, you can't, you can't manufacture a feeling. And, and we, you know, we both feel that we're, we both feel we're the right person to be the NWA World Champion. And that's why when, 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 we, you know, when we stand across the ring from each other, there's electricity. I mean, you saw it all in, you know, 11,000 people standing before we even touched because they they know that there's two guys here who are like alpha males, like huge egos. They they both want this, and that's what people want, I think, in this business. Yeah, and and just to kind of tie it back to something we were talking about earlier, you you mentioned the network, the WWE Network. You know, I I've gone back and watched Jim Crockett promotions in, in the early days. You know, back in the '80s and the NWA, and you mentioned Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, those guys fighting for that title, and and now to see it still here. You know, Cody, obviously, with his legacy, with his dad and and the history there, that's what's just so neat about this business, how it just keeps evolving and keeps growing. But yet there's always a tie to the roots. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of layers to it. You know, I think like if Cody had if, if this had if Cody had done this too soon, you know, or if he'd have been sort of shoved into this. Uh, let, you know, let's say the NWA was in a different position, you know, when Cody first got into the business or when he was starting to hit his stride a little bit, you know, then it might not have worked. But because of the journey that he's been on through WWE and the journey I've been on through, through Impact and other places, uh, uh, we both sort of made the decision to sort of say, no, we're, we're, we're going to make our own, we're going to make our own statement on this business. You know, we don't, we're not beholden to anyone else. We're not going to live in the shadow of anyone who's associated with us. We're going to be our own people. And it's like, and, and I think that there's a respect there because of it. And that's, and so for it to then tie in with the NWA title is why I think people started to get, get on board. Because then they went, wow, the timing is perfect. And, and again, that was luck. That was serendipity. And, and people, people love when they get involved with that because they feel like they're witnessing history. Nick Aldis on the line with us here on Through the Ropes, NWA 70. 
this Sunday at the Asylum at the Nashville Fairgrounds. You can watch that. If you don't have tickets, you can watch it on fight.tv. Uh, I know very cool service that that um, that you that you guys have that the event is going to be on. Jeff Jarrett and Global Force very much involved in that. But a stacked card, not just your match, the, the title match, two out of three falls with Cody Rhodes, but you're going to see some superstars like Jazz. Everybody remembers Jazz, NWA World Women's Championship match. Road Warrior Animal is going to be there, and I'm sure that you guys have some surprises as well. Yeah, and look, the um, the, the whole purpose of this event is to sort of tip our hat to the past, but mm-hmm. also look ahead, you know, and, and I know that seems like a very simplistic way to, to put it, but that's the reality, and, and it's like having having uh, some of the new talent that's going to be showcased, like in the national title, and you know, the new national title is going to be revealed, um, and... Uh, we just confirmed that Magnum TA is going to be in the house to present that to the winner, which is really cool. And, and then, you know, the guys involved in that are to me, you know, I had a big, I had a big hand in, in sort of helping select that talent. And I, because they're, they're, they're like my draft picks, you know, a lot of them. And it's, um, and it's, it's going to be great to see where they all end up, you know, coming out the back of it because, you know, I've got to not pat myself on the back too much here, but I've had a pretty good history when I've promoted events in the UK. Like I had an event that I promoted about two or three years ago with Jeff. And then we looked at the card um, just recently and we realized that almost everyone on that card ended up going getting signed to contracts with WWE or with Impact or with Ring of Honor. So, you know, it's interesting to see where this, you know, so if you're interested in seeing like who the next guys are going to be, that national title uh, situation is going to be an interesting one to watch, and then obviously Jazz is so legit. You know, Jazz is yeah. like she's been she's been sort of overlooked. You know, now it's now it's sort of in vogue to celebrate these women who aren't just eye candy and who can actually wrestle. And you know, Jazz is doing that before anyone else, and you know, and or argue well, one you know, one of the people doing it before everyone else. And you know, she wants to make a statement. She wants to prove to everybody, hey, like you shouldn't have been sleeping on me. And I think that's right. going to be interesting. Tag titles, you know, Animal's going to be there. I mean, it's just, sorry, tag match, not tag titles. We're not introducing those yet. But, you know, there's just, it's going to be a real variety. And that's that's what I think the business is about. But it's also, you know, it's also a, a definitive style that's different to WWE. You know, it's going to be, it's wrestling. You know, we're, we're not ashamed to call it wrestling either. And not to mention Jim Cornette is going to be there. Tony Schiavone going to be there as well. So some legend, legendary voices of the past. I mean, anytime yeah. Jim Cornette's around, oh, it's a good time. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, to me, that again, that was something else that I really sort of harped on early was like my my memories of wrestling or, or television. You know, I didn't get to go to big arena shows. I didn't. I lived, you know, in the middle of nowhere. I lived far away, and it was hard to get tickets. To me, the whole you know, my whole memories of big time wrestling were watching it on TV. So, you know, and obviously the announcers are the ones who, you know, they take you on that ride. And I said, we've we've got to have we've got to have the, the best of the best. And, you know, Tony Schiavone and, and Corny and uh, Joe Galley, who's, you know, he's going to be a newer face to a lot of people, but he's excellent. And again, we're going to have legends who you, who you are familiar with, and then we're going to introduce a new face as well so that we can, you know, you can see who, where we've been, where we are now and where we're going. Well, we're certainly looking forward to the event and having it here in Nashville and uh, just uh, keeping up with your career as well. Best of luck this Sunday, and we will talk to you soon. Yes, thank you. Nick Aldis takes on Cody Rhodes this Sunday at the Asylum, the Nashville Fairgrounds. It is NWA 70 for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Tony Schiavone will be on the call. Jim Cornette 
Just uh, so many cool faces that will be at this event uh, this Sunday at the Asylum. So uh, appreciate Nick Aldis for joining us here on the show. When we come back, I'm going to give you my thoughts on everything that went down on SmackDown 1000. My opinion, eh, you might agree with it. We'll see. It's Through the Ropes, ESPN, 1025 The Game. And we're back through the ropes. ESPN 1025, the game online at thegamenashville.com. Talking wrestling, Chase McCaber with you. You can also go to iTunes, rate, subscribe, and review. Appreciate Nick Aldis for joining us. NWA 70 coming to town this weekend. Uh, definitely want to check that out. But a lot of different things that we're gonna, we can get into today. Of course, we have SmackDown 1000 that just happened. This past Tuesday, and I wanted to give some thoughts on that. You heard the music right there of the chairman, Mr. McMahon, and a lot of different things took place uh, on Tuesday night. You had Rey Mysterio making his return. He is now full-time. He's back. You had The Undertaker, of course, ending the show. We'll get into that, but we have to start with the beginning of the show. We have R-Truth and Carmella coming out. They run a nice... Uh, montage video that they did of all of uh, the great moments in the history of SmackDown. Of course, one that we will never forget. It was the first um, assembly of its kind, as Vince McMahon put it, after 9-11, just two days after the tragic events. And and I just remember watching that thinking that it, as bad off as things are right now um, and, and as much of a tragedy as this is, that's what I needed. I needed to see... Um, the superstars that I loved of the WWF at the time get together and and it it was just it was very well done. So they they honored that uh, in the opening video and in other moments. Of course, Eddie Guerrero was featured throughout as he was a big part of SmackDown. May he rest in peace. And um, you had uh, the Big Show and Boss Man uh, that whole feud. Kane um, and the Undertaker being a part of things. You had Kane doing the It Doesn't Matter to the Rock. And so just cool moments, but they open the show and our truth, they do the dance break and yada, 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 whatever. And then he introduces uh, his first guests, which is the one and only the first general manager of SmackDown, Stephanie McMahon. Wow. because I was the first ever general manager of SmackDown. Yes, I was, and I had a vision. And let me just say, it's so incredible to see that vision come to life right here tonight on the 1,000th episode of SmackDown. So Truth, go ahead. Hey, Steph. My first question is... Here comes the money! Of course. Have to have an interruption. Shane O'Mac is the commissioner of SmackDown, so while predictable, I was kind of like, all right, all right, you know, they'll come out and they'll have their, you know, their back and forth, and that's just, just kind of what they do. And so Shane, being the commissioner, does his thing. I quite frankly... Tonight's monumental occasion will not be possible without all of you. 
So on behalf of everyone at WWE, we'd like to thank all of you here in attendance and the millions that watch all around the world each and every week for making not only SmackDown, but WWE the success that it is. Thank you. And just like that, they buy it. They eat it up. You pander to them, you thank them. I mean, really. Welcome to the A Show. Shane, SmackDown is definitely a show, and I love SmackDown, but it is the second longest weekly episodic television show in the United States. What's That's the true. first? Raw was first. Raw was first. Monday Night Raw is the first. That's, That's true. Correct. It, That's started, correct. it started first. Thank you very much. Thank you. I mean, on Monday Night Raw, well, we hold things to a higher standard. I mean, we, we certainly wouldn't kick off the night with the likes of, no offense, Truth TV. You know, we'd want to start off a little bit bigger, a little bit bolder. But yet, yeah, you're out here, and I have to say, you know, what we try to do... That's a first. Good and for Stephanie, you. Stephanie, what we that. try to enjoy do here on yeah. SmackDown Live is put things like True TV on, or quite frankly, things that people really want to see. I think they want to see that, and they want to hear that music. Vinnie Mac returning to SmackDown 1000 again. Expected, you would have the McMahon's in the ring all at the same time. You would have Vince come out and give this big speech and saying that this was his creation and SmackDown and all that stuff. Uh, didn't exactly go that way. Even though it's for the first time, no one wants to see the two of you bicker and argue and fight. What they want is to be entertained. See, it's WWE, the E stands for entertainment. And the question is, how are we going to entertain you on SmackDown 1000? Have an idea? Wait, guys, you don't need to what? He's got a hearing aid in. He can hear you tonight. It's okay. Great line. It's good. It's all good. So, uh, how about dance break? Vince McMahon comes out and dances, and that was it. Now, I laughed. I thought it was funny because it's Vinny showing a little bit of personality, and you had Shane and Stephanie in there, too, dancing. But I, I, I was I was underwhelmed by the segment. I thought it way, went on way too long and kind of set the tone for the show. When Raw did the Raw 1000 or the Raw 25 or even the 15 or when they do the anniversary shows, they do it big. And you have some of the big legends that come and, you know, and, and granted that it was, it has a longer history than SmackDown. I get all that. 
it was around longer, but I, I was expecting more out of this show. I was expecting more out of SmackDown 1000. I, I, I just don't feel like it delivered. Um, one interesting thing that they decided to do was an evolution reunion on the show. Now that's cool to have Triple H, Ric Flair, Batista, and Randy Orton in the ring all at the same time for the first time in a very long time. Because remember, when they did the Evolution reboot a few years ago against the Shield, Flair was not a part of it. It was just Triple H, Batista, and Orton. So you had all of them in the ring at the same time. And I liked it. Thought it was cool. But I, th- my question going into it was, why are they doing this on SmackDown? Weren't they weren't they exclusive to Raw? That doesn't it doesn't make sense to have them on SmackDown. But they decided that's what they needed to do. So out comes Evolution, Lion in the Sand. You know it. It hits. They all come to the ring. I was already disappointed though because Triple H was was kind of looking like Triple H DX. He wasn't wearing the suit. Uh, you had Dave Batista and kind of his leather jacket and things like that. They weren't they weren't all decked out. Orton looked good. He kind of dressed the part. Flair, of course, is Flair, but they just they didn't have the evolution feel. And then uh, Triple H does a little introduction. How do you celebrate something so monumental as a thousand episodes? You bring together the one group that epitomizes the word evolution. to that song with you gentlemen sure brings back some fond memories. What better way for your young kid in this business to get his start than with G- these gentlemen and a little group called Evolution. But that's exactly what it was. It was just a start. Since then, I have kept on evolving. And while Triple H, you've been running the show, and while Ric Flair, you've been living vicariously through your daughter's achievements, and while Dave Batista has spent more time in a makeup chair than in this ring, I have been busting my ass night in, night out to make a name for myself, to cement my legacy, and that is exactly what I plan on doing. Randy Orton being Randy Orton, I liked it. I kind of liked that he, because again, you had Orton's kind of a heel right now. You have Triple H that's revitalized DX. He's reunited DX, so he's kind of a face. Things don't necessarily mesh together, so you had to have Orton kind of be Orton and be the punk kid that he always was uh, as a member of Evolution, be the legend killer. So I like that. A couple of cheap shots at Batista and Flair and Triple H. Pretty good. Pretty funny. But then you have uh, Dave Batista that they hand the mic to. Wasn't always great on the mic, but I thought this was very, very interesting. Randy Orton. 
14-time world champion. The first time I laid eyes on that kid in OVW, I knew he was special. I knew he was special. Rick knew he was special. Hunter knew he was special. The WWE Universe knew he was special. He has more talent in his pinky than half the guys who have ever stepped foot in this ring. <laughs> Ric Flair, the nature boy, Space Mountain, 16-time world champion. There's nothing I can tell you about him that you don't already know. Or could I? <laughs> not again <laughs> just like old time and last but not least this guy the game 14 time world champion this man has single handedly changed this business he runs this business this man is this business 14-time world champion there is nothing nothing that this man hasn't done in this business except beat me that was the part right there that made this entire segment and, and honestly almost made the entire show worth it because I'm I'm sitting there watching the promo with my buddy, and when Batista said that, I was like, whoa, 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 rewind it. Did he just say what I think he just said? Actually, he said that to me. And and my friend was like, yeah, yeah, hang on, hang on. Watch it again. And that's how you end it? And, you, you know, Triple H kind of gets in his face a little bit. Flair breaks it up. Everybody's cool. But what does that mean? Is that setting up Batista Triple H for WrestleMania 35? I think it is. I think, you know, they got to find a big match for Hunter and Batista. There have been rumors that he wants to come back and have one more run. You bring him back and you have an evolution type match one more time. Triple H goes to try and beat Batista. Look, you know, I've... I've dogged them for recycling things and going back to the well, but that is a match that I, I wouldn't mind seeing again because they didn't do a ton with it back in the day. Um, you know, he won the title off of triple H to kind of start his championship career, but then he went to SmackDown triple H was on raw. So I, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but they got to build the, the build has to be right. Like Batista can't make sporadic appearances. It's got to be he's got to come back and Triple H has to come back. And I mean, they, they got to build this thing right in order to do it. But that was probably my favorite part of the entire show. Uh, the cutting edge segment was all right with with Becky Lynch. I, I think they are trying so hard to make her a heel and people just want to cheer for her. And so I liked that. Rey Mysterio it was cool to see him back. And then you have The Undertaker uh, sending a message to DX saying they will rest in peace as they build crown jewel 
When we come back, I will give you my thoughts on Crown Jewel and everything surrounding this, the controversy, what all is involved, and what's what I believe should happen. Um, it's a great card that's surrounded in controversy, unfortunately. It's Through the Ropes, ESPN, 1025 The Game, and on the Game Nashville app. Break the we're back here through the ropes, ESPN 1025, the game online at thegamenashville.com. Chase McCabe here with you. Uh, if you missed the show live, you can check out our pod center at thegamenashville.com. have uh, Vanderbilt covered. We have the Preds covered. We have the Titans covered. I do a racing podcast called Chasing Checkers that you can check out. So very, very cool stuff there at thegamenashville.com. And you can rate, subscribe, and review on iTunes and find the show on SoundCloud as well. So, I uh, mentioned it going to break, that I was going to give you my thoughts on Crown Jewel. Um, Some observations with this entire thing. You know, WWE signed a 10-year deal uh, with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia as a part of the 2030 vision plan that Saudi Arabia has, trying to fix their country, fix their image, essentially. And they had the greatest Royal Rumble ever event that you know is okay they brought some superstars out you had Cena and triple h and they had a 50-man rumble and had legends and things like that it was a glorified house show in my opinion but it was something that they the wwe's wanted to do and, and that they were a part of well okay look we know vince mcmahon we know he wants to make money the deal that they have in place is is uh according to forbes a reported 450 to 500 million dollar deal so you go back last week and the journalists um and i'm I'm, i apologize that i'm going to butcher his name but jamal khashoggi and i'm sure that's wrong so i apologize he went missing inside the saudi arabian embassy he's been an outspoken critic against uh against the country and Everyone at this point is assuming the worst with him. So WWE has crown jewel ready to take place November 2nd. And everybody, you know, you have UFC that had an event. They're pulling out like they're, they're not involved now. And you have senators from both parties that are urging WWE not to go through with this. As of this taping of this show on Friday afternoon, on the uh, 19th of October, WWE is still going to Saudi Arabia for Crown Jewel. I understand that there is a financial implication here with, with Crown Jewel and with Saudi Arabia. Here's what I think about this. The financial implications, we, as I just said, we get all that. You have... John Bradshaw Layfield supporting Vince, supporting WWE, Randy Orton doing the same thing, but you have reports that the superstars are uneasy about going over there with everything going on. Uh, the fans are not happy about it. You know, they they basically referred to Crown Jewel as an event on TV this week, but not Saudi Arabia. They were they were not promoting where it was, just that it was an event. So they still have some outs. I've read some things that some of these matches could be moved to Survivor Series. You know, they could do something like that. Undertaker cut a promo talking about Crown Jewel. You could hear boos. 
this doesn't look like it's a it's a winning situation for WWE. My opinion, it, it's a great card, but you got to think big picture. They don't need to do this thing. They don't need to go to Saudi Arabia. I think they're going to, but I think it's the wrong move. And again, as of this taping, they're still going. Uh, so I, I think that this is going to be a bad look for, for WWE is something they don't need right now because they have a ton of hype. They have a ton of momentum going with, uh, you know, with them right now. Um, they just signed this deal with Fox, it's a billion dollar deal for SmackDown to move to Fox. You know, they have that going for them. And I get it. Vince is making all these big money deals because he's in his seventies and he wants to be set. He wants his family set. I understand WWE is at a, at a, at a great spot financially, but you got to think big picture and you got to think about the product. You got to think about the fans and you got to think about the superstars. You got to think about just the social implications with this. There's a, there, there's a big controversy in Saudi Arabia right now. And I, I'm, I'm trying to tread lightly and not get, you know, too political and, and things like this, but I just think that they need to, they need to reconsider this. They need to pull out, look at things, let, you know, let this play out, but they don't need to be there on November 2nd. It's just, it's not a good look and they're putting their superstars and their fans in danger. That's my personal opinion. You can disagree with me. You can agree with me, whatever, but I just, I worry about how this is going to, what, what the effect of this is going to be uh, moving forward. Looking at the card, look, I love it. Like, you know, and I know that this could be that if they, if they don't do this, Shawn Michaels might not make a return. Um, you know, that would stink. I, 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 I'm open to the idea of the match now, so I kind of want to see it. Um, you have Undertaker cutting all these promos and saying that Sean and Triple H are going to rest in peace and the Brothers of Destruction are going to win. I mean, there's a lot of buildup. Uh, and you also have this World Cup tournament, which I think is cool that they've done that. But, you know, they can do all this stuff, you know, at another venue. They can do this stuff at the Survivor Series or go, you know, go somewhere else um, and do Crown Jewel. I just think they need to hold off and, and let this play out and find out what is going to happen. But again, as I said, I think they're going to go through with it. Um, I think it's WWE. It's what they do. And they're going to be prepared for the consequences. So we will see how it plays out. But um, that is just kind of my opinion as we, as we wrap things up here Um, again, uh, another story that I want to hit on real quick about WWE. I mentioned that SmackDown deal uh, with Fox. There was a report out, that that basically Fox Sports or Fox Network, um, since the report is that SmackDown is going to be on Big Fox, um, that they want to make it more sports-oriented. This is a quote from the Wrestling Observer and Dave Metzer, quote, regarding Fox, because wrestling is being positioned as part of the sports block, a Thursday through Sunday thing Fox is looking at starting in 2019, especially during football season. Fox wants the SmackDown show to be less comedy and more in a sports direction. Vince McMahon is more into the comedy presentation with wrestling, but they are looking at having their sports people on different shows heavily promote it. 
and they want uh, they want to give them something athletically oriented to promote, meaning more wrestling, less storylines. If this is the case, I am all on board with it because I love seeing the storylines that they have, um, but I love seeing the wrestling more. And I think the promos get too long sometimes. Things get out of hand. And I just, I, I want wrestling. I want in-ring action. I think that's what makes the WWE and wrestling in general. You heard Nick Aldis earlier. And that was the big thing with the NWA event. It's going to be wrestling. It's going to be old school. It's going to be long matches and not these 20-minute promos followed by a seven-minute match. That's not what I want to see. I want to see wrestling. I want to see the best athletes in the world lace up the boots and go toe-to-toe. So if Fox, if this is Fox's direction and they want more wrestling, less storylines, less talking, I'm all about it. I'm totally all about it. And you can put some of the comedy stuff on, on Raw. In my opinion, let Triple H run SmackDown and let Vince run Raw. Do that way. You'll still get a good... And, and here's the best thing. You can corner the market because you can get the people that like sports entertainment, that like WWE... And then if you make SmackDown more about wrestling, you're going to get all the indie people and and those that follow these promotions that it's basically just about matches. It's just about wrestling. To me, it's a great business opportunity for Vince and the WWE if they do it that way. So we'll follow that situation. Obviously, follow the Crown Jewel situation. Uh, again, thanks to Nick Aldis for joining us. NWA 70 coming up uh, here in Nashville this Sunday night at the Asylum. Check that out. Very, very cool. It's also on Fight. TV streaming as well. I'm Chase McCabe. Rate, subscribe, and review on iTunes. And we'll be back with another edition of Through the Ropes, ESPN 1025 The Game.